Hi, and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to find and follow your purpose. I'm your host, Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders, also the creator of Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. Every week, I interview some of the world's leading thought leaders who not only share their life stories, but practical tips and advice on how you can become the highest version of yourself and build a life in alignment with your soul. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and open your free account so you can see behind the scenes videos of our interviews and get your free Pearls of Wisdom ebook. Join our community of change makers, making a difference on the planet. Making a, di- making a difference. Welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I have with me the beautiful Iman. Good afternoon. Hello. Hi, darling. How are you? Yeah, good. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm very excited that you're joining us here today. As soon as I heard your story, I knew I needed to get you to come and tell your life story on Kitty Talks. Uh, I'm really happy to be on this on the platform. Oh, well, yes, me too, me too. Because for me, you're someone who is like an incredible example of somebody who at a young age has had the courage to really listen to that inner voice uh, and follow their passion. Um, so for the guys listening, Iman is an independent music artist. Um, she already has her own music label, Shopfront Records. Uh, she's recorded with Ed Sheeran, uh, Rudimental, and Kanye West team. And she's got an incredible, incredible future ahead of her. I can just feel it. Uh, so, Aman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So tell the guys a bit about what you're doing, who you are, what you're doing in the world. Okay, so I'm a London-based music artist. Um, I am self-releasing my music. You can check me out on imanmusic.com co.uk um there you can listen to my songs watch some videos um purchase some of my music right now i'm getting ready for um the release of my next record um but currently the songs that i have available are called wishing naive and golden um and yeah i'm just gigging around london around uk just having fun with it and I love your music, like for those of you listening, it's on Spotify, you know, if you're going out on a Friday night, that's when you want to put a man's music on. It, it's just beautiful. Really, really love it. So I would love you to share a little bit about how you got on this journey, because as I kind of said right at the beginning, you know, you're a great example for me of somebody who listened um, against all odds, actually, uh, listened to your inner knowing and uh, started on your path. Yeah. Okay. So I um, have always felt drawn to the creative industry, even as a little child, always performing, forcing my poor brother to listen to my 15 minute long made up songs. (laughs) (laughs) And it was something that always came very naturally to me. The thing is, though, is that I grew up in a family whereby creativity, music is 
music and dance, etc., wasn't encouraged. And I think it came from fear. Um, I'm, I, I think it's fair to say I'm probably the, the only musical person in my family, whereas everyone else is very much more, you know, the, the, the lawyer, the, the doctor of that ilk. So me coming along with this whole performance thing, I think was really alien to them and really quite scary. My parents came here and as separate entities and they met and I, they were brought up in countries whereby there's not really a music industry. Um, and what's your heritage? My dad is from Sudan and my mum's from Yemen. And I think when they came here, music was very much synonymous with sex, drugs, rock and roll, busking, being broke, mm. you know, and then they've come here and they've set down their roots in order for their kids to have a great future for me to then be like, oh, I, yeah, I actually want to be part of all that. And I think that was really scary for them because they didn't know about the industry other than what they saw when they came here. So I, I always understood that I got it. Um, but there was always a deep calling within me something I never felt like I could ignore and I just knew I had to follow it and I knew I also had to protect it so while it was really clear to my parents that okay she's you know she's a bit different to us <clears throat> when I'd be asked what do you want to do when you're older etc mm. I would always just kind of lie because I just felt like I had to protect it and I felt I had to protect it not just from my parents but from cousins etc and I'm glad that I did, because I do feel like if I had shared it, it would have got shut, shut down. But it was only when I um, was 15 that my mum decided she was going to send me and my brother to her country, Yemen, for the whole of the school summer holidays. And when I was there, that was a massive turning point for me. You know, I'm about to go to college. Mm -hmm. I... Um, at a place where I'm very depressed and I think the depression came from stuck energy not being allowed out mm. and when I was in Yemen I remember thinking to myself how lucky am I that I was born and raised in the UK because if I was the same girl here in Yemen I don't feel like I'd be given the same opportunities and I definitely feel like in the UK you're encouraged to go for your dreams it doesn't matter what circumstance you you have you know you could be a single mum a teenage mum someone that's gone through all sorts of drama but there'll always be a course for you there'll always be some type of part-time study for you something there will always be something and I honestly felt like if I was the same girl with the same dreams born and raised in Yemen I'm not sure if I would have had those opportunities. Mm. So I decided that I was going to own it. So I came back to the UK and I decided I was going to be courageous. And I was going to listen to this voice that has never left me. And the fire still burnt. And I decided to be more vocal about the fact that music singing is what I want to be and it was really scary for me because it did get shut down many many times and I didn't grow up in a house where there was music coming out of the speakers so I was really ignorant to music mm -hmm. my only form of music was 
radio and what was being played repeatedly throughout the course of the day. I didn't grow up with like Aretha Franklin or gospel music, etc. So my knowledge of music was very low. I all I knew was that I had to get a demo. I could barely control my vocals. I'd never written a song before. I didn't know anything about the process of getting a demo, but I just knew, okay, I've got to get a demo. So how am I going to get this demo? I know that I need to break out of my suburban environment of Hounslow. And when I was growing up in Hounslow, I never really felt it was um, a place of creativity. It's a very um, suburban place. When I was growing up there, it was very much like everyone kind of dresses the same. Mm. They go to to school, they go to sixth form and they become a doctor or a lawyer. And I knew that it wasn't um, gonna help me with my creativity. So I needed to get out of Hounslow. And it was really crazy. One time, it was a Sunday and I was watching like um, some kids programs. And there was like a program I remember on um, a group of four youngsters who were all drama students. And this is the first time I think my intuition really came to me. And it was so strong. These four kids went to this college. And I remember it was on the TV and it was a drama series. It wasn't even like a real life documentary. And it said, Hammersmith and West London College. Mm -hmm. And I swear in my mind, I literally went, that's where I need to go. That's literally, it was just like. In the knowing. Not do sixth form. That is where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I managed somehow, I don't know how, but to persuade my parents that I was going to go to this college. And they were absolutely not happy about it because it was out of the area. They weren't familiar with it. The whole plan was to, you know, continue at this really good school and move on to sixth form. But I just knew I had to get out of Hounslow and go to this college. I do, don't even ask me why, but I just knew that I had to. Mm. So I took up some A-levels and it was only um, a few weeks into going to the college I realized there was a music department in the college. I didn't even know that before. Right. Music. And is it quite well known for music? Is it like a college that's... No, it's not. It it does like all types of courses like beauty, psychology. My A-levels were psychology, sociology and media. Yeah. It was not a creative arts platform at all. But lo and behold, a few weeks into being my first year, find out there's a music department in this college Mm. so I wouldn't advise this but much of my A-levels was spent sitting downstairs just watching the music students do their thing and that was my first introduction into the studio environment and watching people and just literally just sitting there. Did you used to sing to yourself at home and stuff or like as a kid, you mentioned you sing. Were you kind? Were you kind of practicing in behind the scenes, or was kind of singing quite new to you as well? I would always sing um, privately to myself in my parents' garden, which was huge. Um, so I would sing, but I was never really sure if I was hitting notes. But I just, <laughs> I wasn't even sure if I could really sing. I just. It, I, I just can't explain it. Like, I didn't know if I could actually sing, but I just knew I had to sing. That's yeah. Cool. What else happened was that within a few months of me being there, I'd met this girl, like 
she was probably the happiest person I'd ever met in my life. And I just couldn't understand why she was so happy. But she was just <laughs> And I just, you know, she was very charismatic and I was just drawn to her. And I remember going down into Barons Court tube station and just, it's starting to really come out and being that like, I can't bear to go home. My depression was getting really bad. And do you think the depression was the fact that you were bottling up this creativity and you were bottling up your emotions? Like, do you think that's where it stemmed from? Not being authentic to yourself almost? I think absolutely, because as soon as I started to be authentic and step into my true self, it was like just weight off my shoulders. Mm. I think it absolutely had to do something with that. So going back to this um, meeting with her, this bit of talking that I had with her, I said to her, I can't bear to go home anymore. And I swear to you, she literally said, why don't you come and live with me? And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? She goes, come and live with me. My parents, like, I've already kind of spoken to them about you. Like, come and live with us. Come and live with us. And I just, I was just so taken aback by what she was saying to me. And it, Did you know her well or...? I didn't know her well actually I didn't know her well at all she was a new starter to the college just like me so we were just weeks into it we the same course to me you know yeah and this all goes back to two years or a year previous when I'd watched that document that that little drama series mm. that said go to this college and I couldn't believe what she was saying to me and it took me you know, and then I, I remember going back in and the next time I saw her and she said it again, have you thought about it? I was like, thought about what? She goes, she's coming to live with us. I've spoken to my friends already. They want to meet you. I was like, whoa, whoa. Like, I, we're talking about me running away from home here. And I was, I think, you know, I, I really started to think about it and I started to think, wow, this is my escape. Like, this could be the reason I've come to this college. There's a music department here and there's a girl here that is, you know, so I decided to explore and I met with her parents and her parents were absolutely amazing. I still speak to them, obviously. Oh, great. Yeah. And the decision was made and I literally just left home one day. Wow. Yeah, I literally just left home, turned up at her doorstep in Islington, one of the most creative, buzzy kind of places you could in London you could be part of and from the moment that I was there I immersed myself in my journey what was I supposed to do I can't I cannot waste a day I started going to talent shows I started finding youth clubs that gave vocal lessons I then found my own private um vocal teacher I carried on with my A-levels and I would carry on sitting downstairs in the music department, soaking it all up, literally. And it took like a good few years of me knocking on studio doors, asking for this demo, because it was a catch-22 of, we can't give you any studio time because we don't know what you can bring to the table. And me being like, well, if you just give me a few hours. And this was all... This, I don't know where I was so confident to even knock on people's doors when I still didn't even know if I could sing properly. <laughs> but this is, I think, the power of 
just going with the flow. Yeah. And I don't think I ever questioned it. And I think it's because I never questioned it that I just, for some reason, just kept going, like without even questioning what am I doing? And was it kind of a case of like, this was your opportunity, you know, now you were able to go out, go and see people, go and meet people, which wouldn't have been possible before. And I suppose it sounds to me like you just didn't want to waste the opportunity that was in front of you. I didn't want to waste a second because I just, I just knew there was a reason for this. It was so fate. It was so aligned. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was so perfectly constructed. Even the family that I stayed with never stressed me, never did anything, just was so loving and supportive with me. I, I mean, it was just a blessing. How did it progress? Because obviously you were knocking on doors for a couple of years by the sounds of things and developing yes, yourself. Been on doors for quite a while actually, and um, eventually, <laughs> like this is actually starting to remind me of things. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. My first demo came from a really potentially dangerous encounter. And I think as a young musician, girl or girl or boy, you've got to be really aware of this, but I was super lucky. In the music industry, everyone's quite naive in the sense that you will create a relationship online or with someone you've just met, and then you will literally turn up in their space, right. usually in their house. Yeah. And that's very naive, but that's the way it kind of works. Right. So this is what happened. I'd gone to a music seminar. I had spoken to this guy. I'd given, you know, I was like, listen, I'm a singer. Da, da, da. He gave me like his demo. He gave me a CD. He gave me something for me to take. I know that. He, <laughs> he told me to meet him in this uh, uh, Stratford tube station. I went and met. This is the first time I'm actually talking about it. Mm. I can't believe how lucky I was. And uh, we actually met um, and he said, okay, before we go to the studio, I'm just going to go to a house to collect something. We turn up at this house and it becomes really apparent to me that this is some type of drug place. Right. <laughs> I am naive, but even I was like, oh my God, like what the hell? So I just stood in the corner, just kind of like laid low and let him do his thing. And but was just like, just focus on the fact that you're going to the studio, focus on the fact you're going to the studio. This is how like hungry I was, mm. like, this is ridiculous. Mm. And uh, eventually, I'm just thinking, if my parents ever hear this story, they're gonna be <laughs> what? Because I'm just gonna laugh. So basically, um, we, we, we go to his studio, we're walking to his studio, and I'm just like, right, maybe today. I get to, you know, record something, my naive little self. And we get to his house. And um, as soon as I sit down, I open up my little notepad and he gets his guitar. But and it becomes really apparent to me that he cannot play guitar. Right. And I'm starting to feel like, oh, my God, where is his studio equipment? Yeah. And saying to me, you know, I think you're really cute. And at that mm. moment, I get my phone out and I start texting my friend who's a guitarist and I start letting him know, listen, call me right now. Like, call me so that I've got to just rush out. Yeah. And I say to the guy, 
um, can you get me a drink? He goes to get me a drink. And it's at that moment, I literally grab my stuff and I just somehow just get out, get out. Like he didn't lock the door or anything. I get out. And my first demo came from that experience of me straight away calling my guitarist friend, telling him what had happened and him saying to me, mm. you know what? crazy I'm gonna do your demo for you and literally that's how my first demo came about <laughs> I had to put myself in that situation for someone to take me seriously <laughs> wow well so this guy was a guitarist friend and he was, a guitarist. he was just a guitarist he'd never produced before but he was like do you know what I'm gonna do it me and you are gonna do it because you're just too crazy yeah <laughs> but you know what that is the way of making records even to this day really I will be introduced to someone or whatever and you literally have to turn up in their space and that is it's, that's actually quite dangerous but it's the way well and it's a valuable lesson for anyone you know who wants to go into what you're doing you know tell people where you are going before you put yourself in that in that position because you know if that's how an industry operates that's fine but at the same time you want to be aware of your surroundings and by the sounds of things you obviously followed your instincts once again and got out before anything potentially bad could happen I mean who knows like it could have been totally innocent or whatever because you know I remember when I was opening the door he looked he looked he looked at me as I was opening the door and he just kind of let me open the door so you know but at the end of the day when I look back that was a very bad position to put myself in but it, but that is the way that I, my first demo came about. It was by someone going, okay, right, let's get this done for you. She's serious. We need to make this happen. Yeah, because she's just crazy. She's crazy. So my first demo came about with me and my um, guitarist writing together. And my first demos were, you know, I've still got them. They, they were pretty decent songs. And um, the demos eventually became better demos and better quality and the whole craft developed understanding my vocal understanding harmony I was still taking vocal lessons I was still going on songwriting seminars I was still a sponge but everything just kept elevating and elevating and elevating to the point now whereby I'm releasing music of my own label and got my own little team together and you know I've been burnt quite a few times in the process with uh, people but I've always managed to take those experiences and um come out stronger mm. um and talk to me about la because obviously you know that's an incredible uh kind of series of synchronicities yeah uh it was at a point where um i wasn't really getting much work in the in the in the in the uk um in the sense that i'd be emailing and there'd just be no response whatever it was some weird kind of phase like that and I remember someone just saying to me, oh, the Americans would love your vocal. And I just thought about it, like I do usually for literally 30 seconds. And then I just was like, okay, cool. I'll book a plane. I'll, I'll book a ticket to LA. And I'd never been there before. And I didn't know who I was going to stay with. I didn't actually know who I was going to write with, but I'd booked the ticket, that's for sure. And before you knew it, before I knew it, um, I'd managed to plan in advance three or four sessions out there by just putting the word out listen I'm going over there do you know anyone and then them you know making the CC connect via email with me um and it was only when I was out there that I was 
in a studio just hanging out and this guy comes in and it turns out he's part of Kanye West's crew and for whatever reason he just took me under his wing and just kind of looked after me and drove me around and just kind of introduced me to people and it was really just very obviously very respectful you know and um it was only towards the end of me hanging out with him that I was like, can I pay you my music? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> so I paid him my music and he was like, this is actually pretty good. So that was great. So I came back to the UK and it was two years later that he, I get an email like 8.30 at night and he goes, hi, man, I'm at the hotel at Dirt in Hyde Park, come through, there's some music stuff going on. So I was like, cool get my coat <laughs> is it a bit like that it sounds like you know from what i've heard about music industry you just get a call you gotta go well i'm like that i don't know <laughs> yeah you're like that, yeah, I'm like that. <laughs> the girl that travels across the world leaves home yeah i'm like that so i turn up to this uh, posh hotel in the high park i still don't actually know what the deal is and i he's like cool i'm here cool come to the fourth floor get to the fourth floor it's like literally the whole of this fourth floor is like taken over all i see is bodyguards girls guys people just taking over this floor and i find you know my friend and i'm like hey i'm here great to see you and he's like yeah yeah cool so this is a thing for um kanye and uh, he's here just writing for his album and we need a bit of a UK kind of flavour. So get to work. Here's some beats. <laughs> no pressure. I, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, what? And then he introduced me to his producer, Kanye's producer, who's called Mike Dean, who basically is responsible for a lot of like Jesus Walks. Um, his really famous, famous songs. A lot of his famous songs, he's worked with Jay-Z, Tupac. He's a, he's a big time hip hop producer. And my friend takes me into a room and introduces me to this guy who at the time I didn't realize mm. was, who he was and what he'd done. But this, this guy, Mike Dean, starts playing a whole load of tracks and I just feel like my intuition says to me, speak up. And I literally went, you know that track that you're playing can I write to it and he just they all just kind of looked at me like <laughs> and they just went sure okay if you want to write to it uh I don't know who you are but like, <laughs> 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 yeah, like, it, but that was pretty good okay cool so I literally just took the track got on with it wrote to it and then was invited by them to just stay for four, four days so I would go and go back home and come back, go back home, come back. And then this happens for like four days. And it was just great to see how things worked on that kind of scale because I've yeah. never been used to that. Wow. So, what you kind of, what you were writing music and playing it and jamming and like. Yeah, it was more like just a jam. It was like a songwriting jam thing whereby they just introduced, they only wanted like a little handful hub of creatives. And it was like, go into your rooms great wow it was. and it was it was great 
What an amazing experience. Yeah, and, and Frank Ocean was there. Um, Big Sean was there. Kanye West was there. It was good. And all of that through following your intuition to go out to LA. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm dying to ask, because you know, for me, it's like, I, lo- I love Ed Sheeran's story because he's, you know, he's got a similar story, hasn't he? Where he went went in, went out to America and ended up on people's couch and then ended up on some famous producer's uh, couch. I think that's how he got his first record deal, like, you know, by following his intuition, basically. Um, I think he's definitely someone that is tuned in and tapped in, tapped on, like, if that's how you say it. Anyway, he's tuned in. Um I remember when I first met him, it, this was all before he was signed. It was a little, little music seminar and there must've been like 40 people in the room. And I know for sure there were music industry people in that room and everyone got an opportunity to play one of their songs. He got up and he played a song that subsequently charted when he first came out. I think it got to number two in the end. Wow. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, why are people not losing their over this? Like there was people just like, yeah, cool. I just remember thinking, this guy yeah. insane. So anyway, it got to my turn and I played what I had. And at the end of the seminar, everyone just dispersed and we literally just walked up to each other. I love your music. Oh my god, I love your music. That's brilliant. And then it was literally like, okay, cool. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> so I got him a little McDonald's. And then he was talking to me and he he revealed that he'd actually just been dropped by his management because every label had said no to him. They weren't feeling the gingy hair. They weren't feeling the whole rap sing thing. They wanted a James Blunt. And mm. he was, I think it's fair to say he wasn't in the, the best of places. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um. And, you know, we exchanged numbers or whatever. And I saw him again, I think two years later on the street. I was still in awe of him because I, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm quite, I think I'm quite a good A&R person. Like if, if I can spot talent, I think I, I think I've, I can see it. And I, I, I always saw it in him and I would always say to him, you're going to sell millions, not hundreds of thousands. You're going to sell millions. Like, and he was always really gracious. And I think he also knew that. Mm. It was just a matter of time. The second time we met, um, we reconnected. And then it was only the third time that we met. We realized we were now under the same management umbrella. Oh, okay. and now is the time to get into the studio and write. And we wrote two songs in the space of like an hour. And his creativity is insane. Like, it's literally he's channeling. Yeah, I was going like, to say. Pat, you, mm. when you switch it off, like, mm. when you switch it on, it's like, it's just running. It's running through him. I've got videos of him where he's just freestyling forever. Um, and I need to show you my body because my body is like, I've got energy rushing <laughs> all the way through my body now when we're talking about that. So... Yeah, that is the truth. And I, and it was only a year after that that everything just exploded for him. And that mm-hmm. was after him releasing five EPs independently, sleeping on couches, 
having a whole load of rejection. But I think he followed his intuition. I think he definitely tuned in. I agree with you. I think he totally followed his intuition. And I, and I think I said to you before we came on this interview, you know, when I listen to your music, I get the same feeling. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. I, so. I this feeling of yours. <laughs> no, it's, uh, trust me. Trust me. Like, it's, it's, it's my tapping upstairs. Like, that's how I tap in. I don't know. I think I've been, my brain's too busy for them to kind of have a conversation. But so they just send... You work at a label. You should work in the talent uh, <laughs> yeah. talent and be like no you've got to sign that trust me i've got the goose one. well maybe i'll be your agent I, I could i could happily happily support you not a problem <laughs> well you know i personally f- can feel it actually i can feel when someone is on i think i said to you before like an amazing trajectory you know you i think the universe tests us you know you just ex- describe what happened with ed sheeran the universe will test us you know i think we have to stand up for what it is you know people listening to this following your passion and purpose is it not simple it's not like you just go okay I want to do this and it happens you know the universe will slam the door in your face and it will test you on an ongoing basis but as Iman has demonstrated when you tune in when you really you know follow that intuition then and that those amazing experiences can can come um but never give up you know never give up that hope and I can see that in you you know I see your determination and you know that's what tells me that you're you know you're on the right path and you're going to be incredibly well you, I think you're already incredibly successful but you know to the level that you really want to be thank you thank you so much and I think um you know it's important to embrace fear and not be scared of it and understand that doubt is okay but it's not okay if you feel like you can't can no longer control it do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like even the most successful people still doubt, but they're in control of it. Like, they're able to nip it in the bud. Yeah. Um, so don't be afraid of those little niggling times and start thinking, oh, God, it means that, you know, I'm just never going to make it or whatever. Don't feed it. Don't don't perpetuate it. Um, you, I think it's very important to be mindful of your thoughts. Mm. Because yeah. I think that people can sense it on an, a subconscious level. If you don't believe in yourself, if you if you if you feel a way about yourself like that, they will even subconsciously feel it. You know. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And like one of the um, guests I've interviewed is a, a lady called Melissa Am- Ambrosini, and she talks about mastering your mean girl because we all have this like horrible person in our head that's telling us that we're not good enough and that we can't do it. And actually, if that if you're you know if you let that person win, you won't create this amazing life that is truly possible. So yeah, I'm totally with you that you should uh, not let fear grip you. No, fear is a good thing. Fear is okay. It's okay, and it's just part and parcel. And will it always be with you? You won't get rid of it. You probably won't get rid of the doubts, but you will be able to if you work on yourself to get you know you can get yourself to the point where you're you're the one that is controlling the narrative in your mind. Mm. And so what's your vision? I want to know, because I know you've got a vision internally of what you want to happen and up, if you don't mind sharing that with us. Yeah. I mean, I want the world to hear my music. I think it's, it's it, I'm really proud of my music. I'm proud of what it was and what it's become. And I want to share it with the world because one of the great things about being a musician is the connectivity sometimes when I'm in the studio and I'm creating yeah it's fun and it's flowing and it feels like that's what I'm supposed to do when I'm 
perform live and I'm connecting, that's when it really feels like this is definitely my journey. Mm. If I can do that on a scale whereby it's, you know, far greater and growing, that's definitely what I want. Mm. And and that will happen. That will definitely happen. I can I can feel it. I can feel it. Aman, I want to thank you so much for coming on Kitty Talks today. Um, we're going to have all your details in the show notes, so you'll be able to connect with her, follow with her, follow her on Instagram, hear hear her music, tell her her how amazing it is. Um, but now I want to really thank you because I've really enjoyed you coming on and sharing your story with us. Thank you so so much. Thank you. We'll see you again next week on Kitty Talks. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.